I'm gonna. That was that was profound. Give it up. Give it up. That's good. That was good. I don't know if that's one of the ones I was thinking of, but that's good. All right. So just so everyone is aware, new era of conquest, acceleration of expansion, momentum that never ends, 10 times growth in 10 years, global ministers, supernatural vocation, leave me astounded are just some of the few prophetic words that have been spoken over our church. So please remember those because if Pastor Tuck comes down and asks you, he'll want to know that you know them. And uh, all of these prophetic words, these messages are coming through in the church and they if I'm honest with you, they make me feel a little bit uneasy, some of them, um, a little bit uncomfortable, and not because um, they're super spiritual or they sound weird or anything like that, and not because I don't fully believe them, but because they all sound like hard work. New era of conquest, acceleration of expansion, momentum that never ends. Let's be honest, they don't exactly sound like we can just sit back and wait for them to happen. They sound like they're going to take work, like they're going to take hard work. They're going to take really hard work. And if we want to see these things fulfilled, we're going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable. We're going to have to allow ourselves to do a little more, be stretched a little further, to work a little harder. And I say we because Pastor's heart can't do it on his own. And, and I can't do it on my own. But we need to be doing this together, running together, seeing these things happen together. God wants to move, but he needs us first to go. And I'm a big fan of summer. Anyone else summer fans here cannot wait for summer to come. But there is one thing that winter brings that summer can never quite match. Have you ever had one of those nights where you're lying in bed and you're all, you're all snuggled up in your blanket? Let me just get my blanket. And it starts raining really, really hard, you know. And it's really good if you've got a tin roof. And your house gets real loud, and you can just hear the rain, and you're all curled up in your little ball of happiness, because you're so warm, and the rain can't get you, and it's all good with the world, and it's comfortable, and you're comfortable. That's just nice. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what the Bible says about comfort? It says that God will comfort us in our times of need. Do you know what the Bible says about being comfortable? It says nothing. I've titled this message, Get Uncomfortable, because if you're here and you're saved and you're comfortable, then chances are you're completely missing the purpose and call that God has for your life. We have to get uncomfortable with where we are in life. We need to take the blankets off, throw away the pillow, walk outside into that rainstorm, and start doing the things that we're called to do. God wants to stretch you, to shape you, and to send you out to do everything he's calling you to do. But at the end of the day, the choice is yours. Whatever path you take, the choice is yours. And you can stay in your comfort zone and you can completely miss it. Or you can take up his call and go on the greatest journey and adventure of your life. I love the verse, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out your curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right And to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. It sounds awesome, yeah? Enlarge the place of my tent, sparing nothing and expanding and growing, even even to the point of inheriting nations. We're called to see nations, whole nations, come to Jesus. And it's it's amazing, it's crazy. And I want to be a part of that. I want to see it happen. 
I don't know, does anyone else here want to see nations saved, cities saved for Jesus? That's revival. That's what we're called to do. That's the prophetic word over this church and many of the churches of New Zealand. But we haven't yet seen it. And we're waiting and we're waiting. And yeah, I'm going to keep coming to church. And I'm going to keep helping every now and then. And yeah, I'll keep praying for a revival when I get a chance. And I'll keep waiting and waiting. And I'll tell my friends every now and then about Jesus. But, you know, I want them to still like me. So and I'll just keep waiting. Revival's sure to come. I just need to be patient. I just need to keep doing exactly what I've always been doing. I just need to keep waiting and waiting because it's comfortable. And we end up getting comfortable. And you know, the devil doesn't have to physically kill you, physically steal from you, or physically destroy you. He just has to distract you. The greatest victory he can have is making you comfortable because a comfortable Christian isn't going to win anyone for Christ. If the devil can get you comfortable, he'll kill your dreams of seeing your friends and family saved. He'll steal your best days from you, and he'll destroy any chance you have to make a difference for the kingdom. All he has to do is make sure you're comfortable. You want to know a few clear-cut signs that you're comfortable? If you're sitting here today and you're like, nah, this message probably doesn't apply to me, you're probably comfortable. If you're here and you're thinking, if you're here and you came, you know, to hang out with your friends and maybe have some God time and not the other way around, you're comfortable. If you came here because it's what you've always done on a Sunday, you're probably getting comfortable. If you're here and you're thinking, man, I already do enough. I shouldn't need to be doing more. Yeah, you're probably comfortable. It's time that every single one of us has to make that choice to get uncomfortable for the gospel, to take what we learn in this place and take it out beyond the walls. I want to unpack that verse in Isaiah 54 to show just a few steps that we can take to make yourself live an uncomfortable Christianity. And the first one is we've got to decide. Before we can do anything, we have to make a decision we're actually going to do something. It's important to understand the weight of this decision. It means being 100% all in for God every day with everything you do. Jesus was real clear in Luke 14, 26 to 30 and 33. It says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see him begin to mock him. So, likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. It's a big decision. Enlarging the place of your tent means we're enlarging the reach of our ministry. To do this, we have to make the decision to give everything we have to God, not just on a Sunday, but every day. We can't keep living with one foot in the church and one foot in the world and expect to see change come to our friends and our family. We can't expect to see people get saved when we're living a half and half or a lukewarm faith. All you're going to do is make other people think that it's okay to live that way. And a watered-down gospel never sees anyone saved. 
Make the decision to be all in, but don't take it lightly. We have to prepare for everything that comes with taking up our cross and following Jesus. And I know that many people in this room will have made that decision before. And what happens is we set these goals and we say to ourselves that we're going to push ourselves to become a better leader, a better influence. I'm going to see people saved in our community. I'm going to become this person with the help of God. And I want to give a little example of this. And I've got three helpers that are going to be coming up. Where's my boys at? Hide my, hide my. And the third one. Yeah, come, come. Give it up for the boys as they come. Shut boys. And so... come this way. You two come this way. I want to make a, you know, this is, this is, this, what's your name? Isaiah. Isaiah. And? Adon. Adon. And there's Haggai over there. I knew their names. I was just, you know, it's good for you guys to know. And so, so Isaiah represents where we are when we make this decision, right? And so we're like, man, that's where God's calling me to go. I want to go there. I want to yeah, Lord, you're calling me to this. And we make this decision. We're like, yes, I'm going to do it. And every day we make that decision. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep making this decision. And we keep going. And then all of a sudden we step up and, and it starts getting a little bit hard. And each day it gets a little bit harder. And we're like, man, oh, God, I want to get to there. But it's, it's so far. The hill's too high to climb. I can't do it anymore it's it's just so tough and we've made this decision to run and yet halfway along we we can't make it we you know we're like flip god i want to get there but i can't keep going it's too hard the decisions yeah and we stop deciding each day to keep going but what we forget to do is we forget to forget to look back at how far we've come from in relation to how much further we got to go. And if we can keep that perspective to decide every day, I'm going to keep going until I get there, then we're going to see amazing things begin to happen. See, it's real easy when we first start the journey. Have you ever been for a run? You guys can go sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for the boys. Thanks, guys. Have you ever decided to, like, wake up in the morning, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go. This week, I, uh, Alicia starts, leaves for work at 5.30 every morning. And I, she woke me up, as, as always, to say goodbye. And I was like, I'm going to go for a run. And so I got out of the bed, and I put my shoes on, and I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to run 5K. And at the start of the journey, I was like, this is going to be easy. And I was running up this mild incline like that, for about 800 meters. And I know it was that because I run with my phone and it tells me how far I've gone. And at the end of 800 meters, I was like, I'm doing pretty well. And about 15 meters after that, I was like, no, I'm done. And I stopped and I started to walk. And I was like, maybe I should just go home. I could get, I could probably get another three hours sleep before I have to start work. I could, yeah, I could probably do that. And I just... (laughs) Uh, but I didn't. I had to slow down, but I kept going. And it doesn't matter how fast you get there. It's just about keep going, keep deciding, keep making that decision. 
We get closer to where we want to be, but that last hill always just seems way too hard. And we get discouraged and we sit down and we wait for God to make the hill easier, but it's never going to get any easier. And we sit down at the bottom of the hill and we just get comfortable and we never really grow anymore. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. When we decide to start being all in for God and get uncomfortable, we're deciding that we are going to finish this race no matter what the cost. And can I encourage you, when you hit the hills on the journey, when you get tired, when you want to give up because where you want to get to is still so far away, that's the time where you've got to just look back and be like, man, God, look how far I've come. Because I guarantee you the distance from where you started to where you're going, there's a longer distance between where you are now and where you were, between where you are now and where you're trying to get to. Is that cool? That's all right. Cool. Good. Good. I like a bit of encouragement, guys. So just if you if you feel free to my my main Kate. You got me. Thank you. Thank you. It's my biggest fan. Second biggest fan, apart from my wife. Don't give up. Don't lose focus. You're almost there and you can make it. Just hold on and keep going on what you decided to do. Make that decision. Number two, you've got to stretch. Once we've, been, once we've made the decision to be all in, we have to allow ourselves to be stretched. And this is one of the most important things you'll ever learn to do as a Christian if, if you want to see change. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. There are two key words in that piece of scripture that can radically change your life if you're open to hearing it. And it's the first two. Let, you have to allow yourself to be stretched. And the second word is them. It's not you that's going to be doing the stretching. It's the people and the circumstances around you that will do the stretching. I can give, uh, Josiah, do you want to come up here for a second? I can give you an example of this. Thanks, Josiah. I didn't ask him to do this, so he's really excited. He has no idea what he's doing. So Josiah is an extremely flexible guy, as you can see. Um, he works out. He looks after himself. He's got a 12-pack of abs, that is. And, you know, he squats. He can only stretch so far. So if you just, if you go like this, yeah. Yeah, see, so he can only stretch so far. But if I come and I push, hang on, we'll turn you this way so everyone can see how far you can stretch. So that's as far as you can stretch like that? Yeah? Okay. So if I come and I, and I push this, see how much further he can stretch? Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Okay. All right. You can sit down. Thanks. If I stretch him even further, it becomes uncomfortable, but he's still stretching far more than he could have on his own. This is what God wants us to experience, because when we stretch ourselves, what we think is our capacity is, is not even close to what we can do. Even though it might seem hard at first, eventually we get, you know, we get used to stretching ourselves. 
if I do this for long enough, eventually that's not going to hurt anymore. But when we allow others to stretch us, or when we allow circumstances to stretch us, we can grow and expand so much more than what we ever could on our own. Some of the things, uh, some of the stretching will come through things like your family and your friends, but more often than not, it can come from things like that really annoying person at work or school. The one that you can't stand, but you show them love and grace anyway. You're stretching. Standing up for what you believe in when other people are totally bagging on that. You're being stretched. You're allowing others to stretch you. Often when we start feeling the stretch, it's in those times that we want to give up the most. We get offended. We get tired. I'm too busy. I'm not keen on doing that. I don't even know how to do half of that stuff. It's all just God stretching you so that you can be equipped with more. Eventually what happens is you feel the stretch for so long, and then it gets easier and easier, and then you go to a new level. One day you'll look back from where you were, where you are now to where you were and realize how much you've grown through all the stretching that God took you to. It's like when you try and touch your toes. I can't touch my toes. But I guarantee if I spent five minutes a day stretching out and trying to touch my toes, maybe after a couple of years I might be able to touch my, I might be able to touch my toes. But you've got to allow yourself to be stretched. God knows how far you can stretch better than you do. And you have to trust that he's got control over that. Finally, we've got to, we got to work. We've got to work. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. The last point is by far the most important. You can decide to be all in for God and his calling on your life. You can allow yourself to be stretched so that you can be prepared for what God wants to do in you, but you then have to put in the work. The last part of Isaiah 54, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. It speaks of our part in this whole thing. If all you ever do is come to church and listen to awesome messages like this one, but you, ne- but you never get up out of your seat, I can give you the notes afterwards if you want. If you never get up out of your seat and actually go and do something with it, you've missed it. A good example of this can be found in Matthew 19, verse 16 and 22, and it's a story uh, called The Rich Young Man, and, and it says this, Just then... A man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commands. Which ones? He inquired, and Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This young man had got the first two steps. He had decided that he wanted to follow after God and the call that God had on his life. He was willing to be stretched because he asked him, what must I do? What do I need to do, God? Stretch me, Father. But then Jesus asks him to lay everything down and come follow after him. The young man falls short because to do that was going to take work. Do you realize that there's a big difference between obeying God's commands and following after his plans? Let me just repeat that. There is 
a difference between following, obeying God's commands and following his plans. See, Jesus says in verse 17 of that scripture, if you want to enter, if you want to enter life, just keep my commands. That's it. That's all you need to do. That's enough. If you do nothing else with your life except believe in your heart that Jesus came and died and rose again, if you do nothing else, you'll get life. But if you want to experience and go to new levels in Christ, if you want to see the abundance that God has for you, if you want to truly store up treasure in heaven for yourself, you have to put in work. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to life. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been, been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So what kind of builder are you going to be? How much work are you going to put in? We can sit in church and enjoy worship and the message, but if we don't do anything... We're just sitting here getting spiritually fat. We have to get those spiritual gains in church and then go out there and lengthen the cords of our ministry and see communities changed for Jesus. But we also have to strengthen our stakes. And what I mean by that is we need to be, we need to be making what we do here on a Sunday even better. We can go out into the community and we can tell everyone about Jesus and how great church is. But if we don't make church a cool place to come to, when those people eventually come in, they're not going to want to come back. It's not my job alone to make this place the best place it can be on a Sunday. It's not Alicia's job. It's not Mags and Josiah's job. It's all of our jobs. We each have a part to play. It's for you and you and you, all of us need to be working together to make it happen. If you think you can play guitar and sing better than me, which you probably can, come and audition. If you're a super friendly person, come sign up to be on the door. If you've got a passion to see young people become all they can be for God, join the kids team. The point is we each need to be strengthening what happens here so that when we see change come out there, this place is a place called home for those people to come to. Each of us has a part to play in the body of Christ, and the hand can only work effectively if it's supported by the arm doing its job. And I'm going to start to close if the band could come up right now. We all need to be doing the work that God is calling us to do. And I want to, I want to just take a second to do a real shameless plug here, in case you haven't figured out that's what I'm doing. If you call this church home and you haven't filled out one of these forms, this is a voluntary form. Can I just say, fill one out. They're on the info desk or come see myself, come see Alicia, come see Mags and Josiah. Our heart is that every person in this church would be fulfilling the call God has on your life to see change come into this city. And it starts by filling one of these out, funnily enough. There's so many ways we can reach our community and create a place for all to feel welcome and at home. Start an outreach. Feed the less fortunate. 
go into rest, time, rest homes and spend time with elderly. Pray for the city. Help clean up a neighborhood. Run a sports ministry. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from God as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. There needs to be wisdom when it comes to work. If you've never run anything in your life, maybe don't go try and run a massive outreach. But there's something that you can do. There's a place that you can start. Maybe you can help in the small before you get to doing bigger things. Each of us can do something. Each of us can reach someone. If each of us got a little bit out of our comfort zone each day, we would stretch and grow and see amazing things happen in this city. My dream is that we create a church without walls, where every person, regardless of who they are, what they've done or where they've come from, feels like they belong here. My heart is that as a church, we go out into the streets and the neighborhoods and we serve the communities, love them and care for whatever needs they have. And my passion is that young and old are equipped to fulfill the call that God has placed on each person's life. Decide to run your race 100%, all in for Jesus. Allow yourself to be stretched by the people and the circumstances that you face every single day. And finally, put in the work to see it happen so that we can see change in here and out there. Then and only then are we going to see an expansion to the left and the right. Then and only then are we going to see this nation shaken for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you want to see each one of us fulfilling our call for you. You want to see each one of us making a decision to follow after you 100%, to allow ourselves to be stretched so that we can do more for you and to put in the work to see it all happen, Father. I just pray that each person here would really experience, Lord, a fresh touch from you right now, God, that each person here, Father, you'd be speaking to people, God. You'd be showing showing open doors, God. You'd be calling people to new ministries. Father, move through each life here, we pray.